Whiskey with Witcher party. You don't just have me. You don't just have Tim. You don't just have producer Sean, but we are joined by not one, but two very special guests, returning guest Juliet and returning guest Christina. Hey. Yeah. And they are joining us because what is a party without food? Guys, today we are going to discuss the Witcher cookbook. Yeah, this cookbook came out, um, what was it, a few weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that when it came out? And it's it's certainly gotten a lot of buzz. Uh, yeah. A lot of people in the Witcher community have, and fandom community have been talking about it. Um, it is licensed through CD Projekt Red, mm-hmm. so it's based on the Witcher game. Um, and um, that's, of course, why we wanted to have Juliet back, because Juliet, if you remember from our previous episode with her, is known for, well... We know her for doing this. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many other people do, but like trying to extrapolate recipes that um, have been in the Witcher game and um, and 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 try to figure out the sort of wonky recipes that they give you in the game. So we thought, let's have her on and actually, you know, when we actually have full recipes and see how that goes. Um, so yeah, um, that's what we've done here. We've um, we've all made. One, two, in one case, three <laughs> items from the book, and um, and we've 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 loaded out the table. You guys can't see it um, on the podcast, obviously. Although you might hear it, post. you might hear some chewing. Yeah, some you might be hearing silverware. Yeah. You might be hearing someone scooping scooping a plate here and there. You know, <laughs> um, yeah, we've we've loaded out the table with all these yummy looking dishes. We'll we'll post pictures, and we all had different experiences making them, and um, and may have various opinions about these these different items. So we're going to get into all of that. But before we get into all of that, of course, we wouldn't be us if we didn't have one very important question. Tim, what are we drinking? Well, Valerie and friends, this is our final episode of 2023, which has been a big year for us. We released two and a half podcast seasons this year and covered three different Witcher series. Oof. To say nothing about The Witcher news, books, comics, and products we discussed. We also grew considerably this year. According to Spotify, 70% of our listeners discovered us this year alone. So welcome. Hi. And 2023 was obviously a big year for The Witcher as well. It was the year we said farewell to our original Geralt while welcoming remarkable new characters to the series like Radovid, Philippa, Milva, Gallatin, and Valdo motherfucking Marks. <laughs> we got the most book accurate season we've gotten to date and got word both officially and unofficially that there's plenty more Witcher on its way, including a new animated movie and live action spinoff. So with that in mind, I wanted to choose a whiskey that also made its debut this year. But at the same time, I couldn't help thinking back a few episodes to our discussion with Queen Denise and how she said Woodford Reserve Double Oaked Bourbon, a bourbon we haven't yet tried, was her go-to whiskey. So in the spirit of coming together, I combined these two thoughts and brought a bottle of the Woodford Reserve BevMo 2023 Barrel Select Double Oaked Bourbon. Uncorking this whiskey will allow us to experience yet another of the wonderful things 2023 brought us while simultaneously enjoying a bourbon fit for a queen. So cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. And then, and not to put you on the spot, Sean, but you've got an interesting beverage in front of you, too. What are you drinking? I am currently sampling for the first time myself free spirits, non-alcoholic 
The Spirit of Bourbon. The Spirit of says. Bourbon. That uh, sounds very festive and holiday like. Yeah. yeah. The spirit of something. Well, it's, yeah, the, the Ghost of Bourbon present for me. Um, we've uh, we've discussed the Ghost of Bourbon past for me. I think at enough length. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I'm trying it on the rocks now for the first time. Denise and I tried it a little earlier, and uh, you know, like all the NA ones, it's okay. Oh. <laughs> so um. So now we know what we're drinking, but what did like what did everyone bring? I guess maybe the the best way to do this is to just kind of go around the table and um and and we can we can all say we'll get into the end of it, but right now let's just say what we brought. So Valerie, what did you make from the cookbook? I traveled to Velen and made Boris the Troll's Hotchpotch Zoop. Oh, uh-huh. oh. Zoop. 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 Yeah, not the trolls soup. don't speak, you know. <laughs> so it's Zoop. <laughs> they speak English with an accent. Yes. <laughs> um, Valerie, why did you pick that when you were going through it? Why was I, that the way you decided? I that? like stew. It kind of was like had a stew vibe to it. And I wanted to try something. It, it didn't look hard, but it looked time consuming, which yeah. is a little outside of my comfort zone. So I wanted to try something and stretch myself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Juliet, you don't have the book in front of you, but do you, you remember the names of the, the ones you made? <clears throat> yes. I made Lambert's Dumplings from mm-hmm. Kiermorn uh-huh. and a pear tart from... Was that from Tucson? No, it was no. uh, Beauclair, mm-hmm. maybe? Oh. Well, Beauclair is Beauclair. in Tucson, but you're right. They're two separate sections. In, in the, the book, book, yeah, they're yeah. two separate areas. Um, and then I also made, what is it, the cookies of the... The oh, land of the forbidden. Oh, cookies from the land of a thousand fables. Yes, that's the one. There you go. <laughs> um, just happened to be looking at it as you started. Just yes. rolls off the tongue. Know, Those right? three items. Yeah. Okay, and um, Christina and I, by which I mean Christina, <laughs> made a made a couple of items. We made. Well, she made the. Do you want to say what you made? So I made the double veggie ratatouille. I forgot where it's from oh uh, that's from um that's from Toussaint I, I, I don't know if Toussaint or Beauclair oh, is it yeah, from Beauclair it's, it's from Toussaint. Toussaint Toussaint okay and um and then I made um Vesemir's bean and tomato stew from Caremoran um yeah. with some fun end notes on it all, all the Caremoran recipes have some some story behind them. Well, all the recipes do, and we'll get into that. But yeah, um, but are they bit... handwritten by no, characters? Those are the those are the Kermoran ones. Yeah, yeah, no, we'll we'll talk about the the we'll go into how the book is put together. Um, but yeah, Vesemir's bean and tomato stew was the uh, the second one. And Sean, you just finished making yours not too long ago. What did you make? Uh, from Skellige, I made. Um, I'm gonna call them. The deconstructed version of uh, Svorlog Trapper Meat Patties. Mm. Um, yeah, Sean, like when we were looking at the cookbook um, a few weeks ago and deciding what we were, you know, all going to make or at least starting to get a sense of it, Sean immediately claimed Skellige. He's like, <laughs> I'll, you know, any, I, I'm going to do Skellige. I'm going to take care of Skellige. And like meat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I, I didn't quite find what I was looking for there, but uh, <laughs> I can go into that later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, yeah, let's. Let's start talking about these. We've we've sampled all of them at this point, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, and and so we have we have opinions about them. Yeah, um, um, I'm going to interrupt you real quick just to say we haven't oh, talked about who wrote the book. Yeah, we should probably. Do yeah, that. the book is by uh, two authors, Anita Sarna and Carolina Krupeka. Mm-hmm. And um, they, I don't know too much about them, but I know 
they um are they're part of a group called Nerd Kitchen mm-hmm. or something or have a I think a website called Nerd Kitchen where it seems like what they tend to do is kind of they kind of do, I guess, a little more professionally and polished what Juliet has been doing a little bit of for fun, which is take these kind of create recipes either um, from games or inspired by games and 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 put it up. And one of their biggest ones was The Witcher. And I think mm-hmm. it eventually developed into creating this cookbook. Yeah. And I believe um, both ladies are Polish. So The Witcher is very special to them because it's a part of their cultural heritage. Yeah. Yeah. No, it certainly would make would make sense. And a lot of these these recipes seem to be inspired by Eastern European mm-hmm. food. But the book is, you know, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's a big hardcover. It's a very nice sort of um, printed, nicely printed book. And um, and it's it's put together in an interesting way. Like we were talking about it when we said what we made, but it's divided into sections, um, the different lands that you will visit if you play the Witcher 3 game. Um, and there's dishes from each one. None of, did any of us make Velen? You made Velen, right? I made Velen. Yeah, that yeah. was it. Yeah. Which is funny to me. people. Which is <laughs> it funny wasn't people. cannibals. <laughs> yeah. Velen is the one you always talk shit about. Velen so. sucks, man. Velen's like the worst place in the game. It's all cannibals and like just sad, sad people. I think, yeah, I think because you, you chose what you were making before any of the rest of us. And you're like, I'm going to do this. And, um, and I think when I was trying to figure out what I was, well, what Christina was going to make. Um, <laughs> and what you were going to volunteer me to make. make. Yeah. Um, I think we, like I was looking at your, I'm like, wait, Valerie picked something from Vela? <laughs> when yeah. she had the full book, uh, you know, open to her at that yeah, point. Yeah. So the, the different regions are White Orchard, Velen, Oxenfurt, Novigrad, Skellige Isles, Beauclair, Toussaint, and Kermorin. Oh, okay. And I think we got, mo- we didn't get all of them. We didn't get White Orchard. Uh, I tried to. We'll get into that. I wanted yeah. to do something from White Orchard, but could yeah. not. Um, and um, yeah, it might be one or the other. One other one we we didn't get. But we got a lot of those represented here at this table. Um, and along with that, the book does something that I find kind of interesting. First of all, it has a an introduction by Andrzej Sapkowski, um, who apparently is quite a foodie and a, a you know a cooking enthusiast himself, mm-hmm. at least according to his intro. Um, there was one recipe he talked about kind of growing up with that's in the book, but it was too, it was, it was too complicated. I think it was <laughs> another soup soup and you were already making the yeah. one. So I'm like, oh, we don't need two soups, but um, uh, yeah, like, so, uh, but his, his intro is in- interesting. And then what I find most interesting about this book is it's also a sort of a narrative fictional element where there's this, um, this, this random, uh, I think she's a cartographer mm-hmm. who's kind of traveling the continent and stopping in all these places and trying all this food. And she's obviously a food enthusiast. So she's she writes about that and collects these recipes. So this is supposedly her recipe collection. And so you have these little um, stories for each recipe um, that kind of talks about how she found um she discovered this and where she first had it. And they mentioned a lot of places in the game that if you play the game, you'd be familiar with. Um, and then you get to the Kara Morin section and you find out what that is, is a journal that she found um, that includes these recipes, presumably, and that was presumably written by Cohen, I believe, mm-hmm. was was who that was, which is interesting because he's not in the game. So um, that's how it's divided up. It's an it's kind of an interesting cookbook. Um, you could read through it and probably find stuff you would enjoy, even if you don't make any of the recipes. Um, and I'll admit, I read through the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you read much, through much of it? Um, no. 
now. I read the the intro, the you know, the first couple pages, the first the different introductory sections, and I read my recipe. Oh. <laughs> and that's all I had time to read <laughs> for in preparation for this episode. Yeah, and I, I only read the recipe part of my recipe. I I, I wow. usually try to be respectful and read the head notes because yeah. I usually really enjoy those, but um but Tim was sort of hogging our copy of the book at the house. So <laughs> well, I was trying to figure out what, you know, what would make sense. I, I was trying to get, give you a short list. To, well, one to... thing that was interesting that I did read, though, is they talk about how to use the book mm-hmm. and that the book is not it's not supposed to be set in stone. Right. They very much encourage you to use substitutions if you want to. If you're a vegetarian, you know, you can switch out tofu or whatever. If you're lactose intolerant, you can switch out for non-dairy milk. So they said, basically, this is just like. The basic idea, but put your own spin on it. Yeah. You're not beholden to exactly what's written on the page. Hmm. Juliet, did you read any of the narrative or were you just looking no, at the rest I of it? No. It was very small text. Yeah. And yeah. I had trouble reading it. So mm-hmm. I, uh, <laughs> Julia also is one person who made three dishes, yes. which yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely as a output to person ratio blew the rest of us out of the water. <laughs> so, okay. So let's talk about our experiences um, making these different, some of these different items. And um, I, I I really have nothing to discuss since I didn't actually <laughs> make one of them. Um, but yeah, Valerie and Julia, like you all had different experiences. Valerie, Tim's experience was sitting on the couch with a beer going, honey, how's it going? <laughs> I wasn't even that at home, actually. I knew better than to, 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 to get in her way. Was she yeah, was no, he, he let... I, I, we I, we let him out of our tandem parking spot, and he went to the office today, and I cooked all day. Yeah. I didn't really cook all day. I cooked from about four to six, but still. Um, Valerie, you made yours today, though. I did. Yeah, yeah. and you said it took about three hours. You took so some about videos. Three plus you might, hours. Yeah, you might be you might be seeing on one of our social mm-hmm. accounts. But yeah, how did how how would you how did it go? It went well. I'm so full disclosure. I think I'm the least kitchen savvy of all of us here, maybe except for Tim. (laughs) I it's not that I can't cook. I just derive no pleasure from cooking. It's not something I enjoy doing. It's not something I like to spend a lot of time on. But as I said, I wanted to challenge myself to try something that was a little more intense than what I normally do. So, you know, this one seemed like there was a lot, there was a lot, but not a lot. It was a lot of simmering, a lot of just kind of like chopping up ingredients and then throwing them in the pot. So I, I probably did an hour's work worth of actual work making it, but you know, it was simmering off and on for like three plus hours. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so it's not something though that, like, I guess, I guess what I'm curious about, because it was a lot of work mm-hmm. is, um, like, is there any, like, you're not really a cook. So you wouldn't use this cookbook, you know, in general. It's not something you would see. You wouldn't Probably be making this. Not. Like, I could see for, myself making this for, like, my parents or something if I were wanting to show off or at mm. their house or whatever. Like, it's a nice little show off recipe because I think it did turn out pretty well. It did. And yeah. there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. So it's pretty complex, a were, lot more than most of the things I normally make. Well, considering you're not much of a cook where you, or you don't cook that often, you're not, you don't yeah. get a lot of pleasure from it. Are you pleased that you were able to make this soup are you proud of i'm, kind of I'm the work pleased you did? that it tastes good uh-huh. because you never know <laughs> like it's a crapshoot right but, but so it, i'm pleased that it came out and it's edible but it looks like all right and and, and full disclosure although anyone who knows anything about cookbooks will, will know this to be true um you know none of the photos we've taken of, of food are <laughs> gonna look like as good food, yeah. as the photos <laughs> the professionally in the staged, yeah. yeah but having said that 
the soup looks like it does there. Like it clearly, it yeah, doesn't look, do. yeah. it doesn't I look figure off. Out how they did the onion. Like their onions look amazing and mine are like, you know, completely fell apart, which they do normally. So that's like yeah. standard. But yeah, I'm looking at the picture. I'm like, how are their onions still they in They got there? mini onions and cut them only uh, in half. There you go. Yeah. See, Christina knows the um, tricks. Yeah. And then did not simmer them for 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, the thing is, like, side onions aside, um, which I'm fine with because I'm not a big onion fan, <laughs> but, like, this says it looks like that. Yeah, Tim's compliment you... was, oh, this isn't too bad considering how many onions are in it. High praise. High <laughs> yeah. praise. Well, that wasn't meant to be a comment towards your pr- preparation of it, more the recipe itself. Yeah. But, like, I, um, I, I, when I saw you you know, put it down, we, we looked at it, I'm like, wow, that was a lot of work and effort Valerie put into this. And it looks really good. So Thanks, I mean, yeah. um, you 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 know, <laughs> uh, you may not enjoy cooking, mm-hmm. but it, you clearly can do it. So. I mean, I, I don't want to get into it right now because I want to talk to everybody else and you know get their thoughts first. But I do eventually want to talk about the the ingredients and how sometimes depending on where you live, mm-hmm. it might be challenging to find certain things for your recipes. Well, all right. So then with that, then let's move on to Juliet. Um, Juliet, like. <coughs> I know, um, I know you have opinions about the recipes mm-hmm. themselves, but like prep preparing this, you cook a lot. You're, you're right. much more of a, uh, a chef, a baker, you know, and, um, and you experiment in the kitchen. So how did you find, how do you find the cookbook and how did you find these three recipes kind of, um, how they were put together and how they, how the process was? So I tried to stay as close to the recipes as written, which I think was a mistake, um, <laughs> But uh, so the Lambert's dumplings are interesting. I've actually never made dumplings before. There was a recipe for it, it was. Um, you took buttermilk and you you heated it up and there was curds and whey. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. But the alternative was to use a light cream cheese. I live next to a grocery outlet, which does not have everything. And I don't drive. So it's like, yeah, by the time I was like, I don't have time to do this curds and whey bullshit go <laughs> get cream cheese the only choice i had was like full fat soft cream cheese now i don't know if that's what made the difference here but i did make the dumplings as stated um and part of that is coating them in bacon fat mm-hmm. and you don't put the bacon in the dumplings it's like as an aside um I first coated them in bacon fat and tried one, and I was like, this is terrible. I'm going to try to cook it more. Uh-huh. And honestly, I find this dish to be almost inedible. Like, <laughs> it is so fatty and doesn't taste like anything. <laughs> That's how I feel. Yeah, uh-huh. I do t- kind of agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it tastes of dill. Uh-huh. But yeah, you, I don't feel like you're getting your bang for your mm-hmm. bacon fat buck if that's what's going on with Yeah, I'd them. rather just eat the bacon. Yeah. <laughs> um, I See, I... I don't, it's, it's not my favorite of the things we have here. I don't hate it as much as you do. I just don't think it's good enough for how, how clearly unhealthy it is. Right. Um, and I'm not somebody yeah. who ever wastes food, but, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to give this to anyone. I'm going <laughs> to throw it away. If you guys are welcome to it, but like, I, whatever is not eaten here, I'm just going to throw it. Maybe I'll take the bacon out, but like, <laughs> and that's one of the first times I've ever said like, I'm not going to finish this. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Um, then I made two desserts. Um, I think the Land of a Thousand Fables cookies are fine. They're more of like a breakfast cookie. There's a lot of like nuts and dried cranberries in them. I thought it was weird that it didn't have an egg in it because I feel like an egg is a great binding agent when you're baking. 
And sure enough, these cookies kind of fall apart. They're kind of dry. If I were to make them again, I might add, I might add like an applesauce and then definitely an egg. I think the flavors are good. I just feel like the texture is too dry, too crumbly. Mm -hmm. And then I made the pear tart, which that's probably the, the best of the three things I made. Um, the crust was really interesting. It's got a lot of chopped almonds and sour cream, which is not something I typically put in a crust. And then you cook the pears down in a white wine sugar, in white wine and sugar. And the only spice it called for was clove. Hmm. I added cinnamon and then I also used a demerara sugar. Like it was half. It's called for regular sugar. So I did half that and half a demerara. And I think that actually makes it a little more flavorful. I really like it. Yeah. I think it's really yeah. good. I do too, and I think it needed that cinnamon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, and I think with only clove, it would taste weird. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's the one. Like I, I might make a similar cookie again, but I would definitely make a lot of modifications because mm -hmm. I do like the idea of like a breakfast cookie that's got a lot of nuts and cranberries. That you mm -hmm. can just not a lot of sugar. There's rolled oats in it, so definitely something. If you're like, I, I would grab one of these cookies on my way to like the train in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, but I would make them differently. The pear tart, I will definitely make again. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I feel like I agree with you, a hundred percent on everything you're saying as far as the, the end results. Like, um, you know, I just was having some of the the cookies, and it is, um, it is good. It is very dry, and it's mm -hmm. just that's 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 a little a little bit of a ding. Other than that, I think mm -hmm. it is very good. Mm -hmm. So you're right. Something like an applesauce, I could see how that would improve it. And um, in this pear tart, if you brought it to a potluck or mm -hmm. to a party yeah. or something, I can't see anyone not enjoying the that. The crust is really good on it. Yeah, too. The, the crust yeah, is really great. interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. The cookies I felt like are, I said before, they're sort of like the scone of cookies mm -hmm. where they're like dry and crumbly, where a muffin would be like moist and, and not as crumbly. Um, but that's kind of nice in a breakfast situation. Yeah. You yeah. sort of want some tea to go with it. Mm -hmm. And we discovered, um, just a little aside, we discovered that this pear tart actually pairs pretty well with the, with the whiskey we're drinking. Speaking this. of the whiskey, yeah. pass it down, please. <laughs> um, Thank you. Yeah, I was yeah. hoping the cookies would, the, the, the whiskey would work like tea for the cookies, yeah. uh, but it didn't quite. The, the whiskey, it's... It's not the ideal whiskey pairing. I think you would <laughs> need a, yeah, it was a little too sharp. If the dumplings hadn't, I, I feel like the dumplings are almost better cold, but when I first tried them, I was like, these are inedible. These, these are disgusting. Mm. Um, and then I was like, I got to make something else. And mm. the cookies was just the, the one thing that I had all of. But, you know, I don't regret making the cookies, but I don't think they were necessary because I don't like them. But the tart... I actually made two tarts at the same time and brought the other one to a gathering and everyone was like, oh, I love this tart. So like, and you can serve, it's it's recommended to serve with like whipped cream or ice cream. I don't think it needs it, but you could definitely do it that way. You could do it, yeah. And I just, yeah. It, and it's not, the book, the picture, it doesn't look like the picture and the picture makes it seem like it's going to be pretty hard because it's one of those things where you bake it upside down and then you flip it. Mm -hmm. And when you flip it, your mileage may vary. Like mm -hmm. the, the one I made in a deeper dish actually turned out better than the one I made in a shallow dish even though it recommends being in a shallow dish, but the flavors are also there. So that is the one recipe that I would be like, yeah, make this. It's great. Well, I'm glad you made the cookies as well, just because I'm curious. Well, one, I, I, they're not bad, but I, 
the fact that it didn't have eggs and you're like, how is this going to work? Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, it's curious that we, you know, you could say maybe it doesn't, but it's like they did hold together or some, some of them at least. Some of them did. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, um, and you know what it needs and, you know, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, adding that I think would be just all it takes to improve it. Mm-hmm. Um, Christina, um, how did it, the process go for you? Now you made both of these today, right? Yes. I made both of them today. I made both of them sort of simultaneously because, um, the double veggie ratatouille is a, a situation where, um, well, it's two layers. And the, the first thing that I thought about this recipe was was interesting. There's a bottom layer that is carrot, um, parsnip, and celery root. Mm. And then there's a top layer that is the sort of, um, you know, artfully fanned thin slices of uh, eggplant, tomato, and zucchini, uh, which are, I think, the, like, classic ratatouille Thomas Keller ratatouille from the movie ratatouille kind of (laughs) presentation. Um, I thought that was an interesting combination because I'm not sure if I, that sort of seems like opposite seasons. Like Mm. it's definitely not eggplant and zucchini season right now. Um, But it is parsnip and celery root season. I'm not sure if American grocery stores carry celery root in the summer when the tomatoes and the zucchini would be better. Um, But regardless, I was able to, in this case, get everything that the recipe called for. Um, And uh, that wasn't too hard. You bake the bottom layer, you mash it into mishy-mashy bits, and then you fan the top layer over it um, with very thin slices alternating. Um, Now, asterisk, I already own a mandolin, one of those thin slicer things where you move the vegetable Mm -hmm. back and forth. And the people at the table can see that I'm making a kind of obscene looking gesture (laughs) with my hands. Uh, But yes, you take the the zucchini and you move it And you're still making the (laughs) obscene. Some of them have made that gesture exactly once (laughs) and then lost part of their thumb. And it was like, well, Amanda will be doing it from now on. And it doesn't look quite as pretty as the picture in the book because I was I not able to. Yeah. <laughs> it looks Thank you, <laughs> I was not able to find a zucchini and an eggplant with similar diameters. Mm. That's a <laughs> that's a big ask in the universe. Um, <laughs> but I think that one turned out pretty well. Um, I'm yeah, not. I think we all we all liked the yeah, we all liked it. right? Like, um, yeah. And then uh, the. Shoot, what else? I made oh, the, the Lambert's bean. No, Vesemir's bean, bean, bean and tomato bean stew. Bean and tomato stew. And that was, that was pretty straightforward to make. You know, um, you, you saute some kielbasa because, God forbid, a bean entree be vegetarian. <laughs> um, I used canned beans because I just wasn't willing to risk uh, a situation where I was cooking it today and I found my... Uh, dry beans undercooked with only 20 minutes to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I use canned beans. So that was a good shortcut. Um, and I, it came it came together pretty fast. It was a, you know, medium long cook time, but it 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 combined pretty well where the once the the ratatouille was in the oven, I could turn my attention to this and then they could both be at, uh, ready at the same time. So, uh, yeah, I thought they they made for a pretty good uh combination for me so what do we think of the the bean stew you seem to like it a lot of um yeah yeah i like it like i'm unlike juliet's situation i'm i'm pretty happy that we're gonna have leftovers uh versus you know uh i'm not sure how well the ratatouille is gonna 
hold up, but hopefully that's mostly gone by the time we're done. <laughs> um, yeah, I I like it too. I, I my thought on the the bean stew is because it has that heavy cream in it, it's a little heavier than I'm used to, and um, so I don't know. I think I think your mileage may vary depends on depending on how you like dairy and how you tolerate it. Yeah, well, the recipe calls for three tablespoons of heavy cream, which is both, you know, not that much when you have to buy a whole pint of it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And, uh, but also <clears throat> quite a lot for when you're do just throwing some cream into an otherwise sort of vegetable dish. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty sure that like one could put one tablespoon in or two and get a lot, get a similar, similarly satisfying effect without it being quite so rich and, and exciting. Mm -hmm. um, I think that you, I'm not sure if you could like leave out the kielbasa because I'm pretty sure that's a big component of like what makes it taste like stuff and not <laughs> just beans. But you could probably come up with a, a similar, um, either use a vegetarian sausage or put more spices in it and get a similar result as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, Sean, <laughs> It's time to put you on the spot. <laughs> um, you like, yeah, yours, yours came together last. You were finishing up when we, when we got here. Um, so, but you made some changes to it. So tell us about how you found this whole process and why you made those changes. Yeah, definitely played the most jazz of anybody here. <laughs> uh, and I'll just be honest, like that's it mostly happened because I did a poor job of reading at every step of the game. <laughs> uh, I first called Skellige because it was very, very meat-based and flipping through. I was trying to find something that was uh, like a roast uh, because my real cooking passion is my Traeger pellet smoker. And uh, I was looking for something that says, you know, put it in the oven for three hours and I would just put it on the smoker instead. Um, never found anything there. Everything was pretty much stovetop. So I wound up going with these meat patties, um, which... Um, are supposed to come with uh, Brussels sprouts. Hmm. And um, there was the first part of misreading I did when I was shopping, just like missed the Brussels sprouts there. <laughs> got, the, uh, got the spinach though. Uh, the next part of the misreading was when I was cooking everything and uh, starting with the spinach. And it said, um, well, here, here was the first adjustment that I made on purpose, which was it asked for a canola oil to saute onions and garlic and stuff and then put in the uh, the spinach. And I was like, what kind of chump uses canola oil when there's bacon grease right there to cook with? <laughs> uh, so that's what I did. Mm. Uh, and then learned why there wasn't any like meat involved initially in the cooking of the spinach, because after I had already formed my meat patties and were about to cook those, I realized the spinach is supposed to go in the meat patties. <laughs> that is why I called them deconstructed. <laughs> um, yes, not hastily misprepared. Uh, so, yeah, putting the meat patties, uh, which are basically just glorified burgers. Uh, although the uh, the outsides were coated with uh, flour, which gave it kind of a nice little mm. like crisp on top and bottom, which I might just start doing with my burgers now. Um, and uh, the last thing that I misread uh, when making purchases today was that it was supposed to be like a plum blueberry um, sauce on top and uh, didn't get plums or plum jam or blueberries. <laughs> So uh, went with the fig jam that we had and just like made a little reduction out of that and had that on top. And, uh, you know, just said uh, instead of just eating a big ball of meat, 
Uh, everyone had to throw down the spinach and then put the meat patty on top and then kind of put them together, drizzle with the sauce. I think it, it Sean, works. I, it's I think it's a triumph. No, yeah, it no. works. it's yeah. really I think good. It's really, really good. good. Yeah. yeah, I don't think... Yeah, no, you're like, I'm not it huge, was all on purpose then. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of like stuffed burgers anyway, because I just think it never gets cooked yeah. right. Yeah, and I, I like it much better this and, way. And <laughs> visually, it looks great. Like now, we've, we've, we've kind of yeah. like <laughs> thrown, torn apart the bowl, but like, you know, we had we had photos, I think, at the start, so you'll see them on our Instagram. But hello, listeners, and happy holidays. It's Tim. Now, I know I just promised you that we'd be posting photos of Sean's wonderfully deconstructed Svorlag Trapper meat patties. That's a fun word to say, Svorlag. Try saying it. It really rolls off the tongue. It kind of feels like a toast, like we should be raising steins and clanking them together and shouting Svorlag. And if that sounds like I'm trying to distract you from the photos we said we'd be posting, congratulations. Go to the head of the class. While we did, in fact, take some wonderful photos of our table, which included Sean's patties, we neglected to take the lid off of its serving dish before we did. So if you're excited about seeing some great photos of a serving dish lid, you're in luck. But if you wanted to see Sean's patties, which really were quite delicious and looked amazing, well, you're going to be like me on Christmas Day in 1984, when I was really, really, really hoping for a puppy from Santa Claus. Yeah, seriously disappointed. I'm sorry about that, but let's get you back to the episode. Cheers. You know, with these meat patties on top of this, this base of spinach and mushroom, um, it just looks good. And then kind of laying it out like that on the plate and putting the, the fig, the fig, you know, jam or whatever you call that sauce, um, really worked with them. Like, I think everything about this one really turned out well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think that the, the spinach outside is better. I mean, I yeah, without the opportunity to do it side by side, I never feel like putting greens inside a meat patty is is the the, the A plus yeah. move. Um, and then as far as the figs versus plum, it's just seasonal. Yeah. Just just be like, no no no, it's winter. It's gonna be figs, not plums. And <laughs> yeah. Berries, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, but the fig works. I mean, the fig it really, really works. good. Yeah. Oh. Christina is my lousy cooking PR uh, <laughs> manager, so direct any questions And the her. bacon, yeah, bacon grease was a great, yeah. you know, I thought it I'll, tasted great. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, I'm also going to say, also pairs well with the whiskey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, for for all the scrambling and kind of, you know, things you, you overlooked, I think that this one turned out really well. And I think that's a testament to, you know, what they talk about in the book about, like, you know, just... Don't feel beholden to this. Feel yeah. free to mix it up and experiment and do different things. Yeah, I mean, I definitely mixed mine up a little bit, and this is something I want to get everybody's opinion on. Um, I had some issue with ingredients, finding ingredients. Now, this book is written, as we said, by two Polish authors. There are certain things that are available regionally that you just can't get in other parts of the world. There are certain spices that I noticed listed in some of the recipes that we just don't have access to here. Um, as I had teased earlier, there was actually a white orchard item I wanted to make, which was the Orchard Man's Refreshing Nectar. Mm. It's a non-alcoholic, I don't know if punch is the right word, but like juice, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's got gooseberries, which I'm like, okay, I know where I can get gooseberries. And then the next thing is fresh currants. And fresh currants are just 
not a thing you can easily get in the U.S. In fact, there are some states where they're illegal because they're invasive. So you can't even, you're not even legally allowed to grow yeah, them. I didn't know that. So yeah, so they're they're hard to huh. find. They're starting to let up on it a little bit. But yeah, there are definitely places where it's very restricted. So presumably so, you just dumped a bottle of absolute currant. <laughs> yeah, right. So I'm like, okay, so I can't do currants. Well, they have a substitution. The substitution is sour cherries, which are very much not in season right now and also kind of hard to get unless you know where to go for them. So I'm like, all right, I'm just not doing this. This is not going to happen. And then with my actual recipe, um, I think if I had they, they do encourage you in the book, like, oh, you know, go to a local farmer's market or go to a butcher or something. I think a butcher would have been a bit would have been a good call for the meat portions because I just went to a standard American grocery store. And there's not, there's a lot of meat in the stew, but there are smaller portions of meat and trying to find, you know, portions that weren't gigantic, that weren't going to leave me with like so much extra meat, even the kielbasa, like I only used half of it for the stew. And then I just like kept the other half for later. I was snacking on it while I was cooking. Kielbasa is good. It is good. I'm not complaining, but like, yeah. And I I actually went with, um, like some of the pre, you know, sometimes you can get like pre cooked or I'm not, not cooked, pre-sliced stew meat, Mm -hmm. because that was the easiest way for me to get the amount I needed without going like drastically over and having way too much extra meat. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there was just some – So oh, and dried mushrooms. They wanted dried mushrooms in this. And, again, I'm like, unless I go to a specialty grocery store, I don't know where I'm going to get dried mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Well, I just doubled up on, like, normal mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I didn't make the mushroom dumplings. Yeah. Because I don't know where I can get these these types of mushrooms. And yeah. Yeah, there's just some stuff that, depending on where you live, is regionally not accessible. I mean, you notice a lot of the recipes called for – chanterelle mushrooms yeah. which i'm like we we forage those when in we were in finland, finland. Yeah. yeah or and then we think it's just pronounced savory but it's like a certain spice blend that's just yeah. called savory and it's just not something that you can easily if i had it's, planned as sean said if i had planned ahead better i might have been able to order it from like online or something or gotten it from a specialty store but yeah what i said was just, if i had planned ahead at all <laughs> yeah it's an herb basically and yeah. i think yeah I've, i think i've only seen it in like if you go to um, to like a, a, a garden center or something, you can get like a plant or something. Yeah. But it's it's apparently not one that they dry and package for American audiences. Yeah. Um, I think it might be part of some herb blends that you could mm-hmm. get in the grocery store, but like that wasn't what yeah, we like wanted. Herbs de Provence, yeah. I saw come up as an alternative. But yeah, I think it was fine without it. I didn't. Yeah, use, I just too. used salt and pepper. Really. Yeah, I just used more pepper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you guys have any problems finding things or? Um, when I was looking at the recipes, there were certain recipes I did not choose because I couldn't yeah. get. Um, and like I said, I live by a grocery outlet. So if it's not available via right. delivery on Amazon, it's like, I don't know how I'd even get stuff without a car. Um, like it would just take all day. Because the only other groceries, I have a cookbook near me, which is like a very fancy store. If you're like, I want a $28 <laughs> bottle, a small bottle of bourbon barrel aged vanilla. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, practical things. No. And then a smart and final that's not going to have anything like yeah. an obscure herb. So for me, the recipe issue is more at the beginning because I was I literally had the book and then my Amazon fresh card up and was like, do you have this? Do you have this? Do you have this? Yeah. I mean, that's why I made those cookies was because I knew that I had all of the ingredients that were yeah. in the cookies. And it can get expensive. Like, I think mine was about 65 bucks. Mm-hmm. All the money yeah. I spent on this. Yeah. Well, how many kinds of meat does yours? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so we've got bacon, we, which that was another thing I had to 
as Sean said, play jazz with because they wanted you to just cut up like slab bacon yeah. in the grocery store. A lot of the recipes bacon. Right. call for I that. just stacked it <laughs> and then did it that way. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's got bacon, it's got kielbasa, it's got pork, it's got beef, it's got, I feel like there's something else that I'm forgetting. This is there's, like, yeah. This and is then like mushrooms. Mushrooms, carrots, parsnips, onions. Mm parsley yeah there's a lot going on like in this gumbo and like just yeah. almost with the way you throw just all these well, random that's, things that, that was the, Valerie was asking me some advice yeah. because you know I have made more stews in my life than she has uh, as we have I, I've done a lot of covered. crock pot yeah. stews I haven't done um, like proper on the stove for multiple hour stews and the, the recipe definitely calls for you know I don't remember the exact but it was sort of like nine ounces of it a wasn't a pork lot. shoulder and yeah. like 12 ounces of of beef chuck in, you know, in yeah. their solid forms. And it's like, that's just not, nine ounces of a uncut stew meat is not a thing. Yeah, nine ounces pork shoulder, 14 ounces beef chuck. Yeah, like beef chuck comes in two pounds or more yeah. in the grocery store. And pork shoulder comes in these like Big. four pound, yeah. like, you know, do some arm curls <laughs> with them. And yeah, if it, if either of those had been the only meat in in the yeah. stew, then like definitely this the move would have been like yeah, get the big uncut thing. Yeah. It would have a bone in it. It would add some gelatin to the. Mm-hmm. But like I'm not sure you can even get a nine ounces of, yeah. of pork shoulder. Um, like just maybe if you went to a butcher or something, but. Yeah, no, and even that would be sort of weird because I think yeah. you'd have to cut it kind of thin. Yeah, um, I, the grocery store had um, stew meat that was chopped up for yeah. both pork and beef, so that's what I went with. So I think my question then to all of you is, um, do you think this cookbook, how accessible do you think it is? Like, is this something that you could see, you know, like Valerie, you're not much of a cook in general, but Christina is, and, you know, and Juliet seems like she really is. And Christina references cookbooks all the time. Would you ever pull this one down? Um, I mean, I don't do a lot of... I don't own very many like fandom cookbooks, um, but th- I, th- there's two reasons one owns cookbooks. One is to like cook from it, and one is to read it like an aspirational bedtime story. <laughs> and this, I think, definitely nails uh, option number two. Hmm, okay. um, and then also my value proposition for cookbooks is like if if the book has like two things that I want to make more than once or make regularly, then I think it's it's earned its it's keep. Um, and so like by that, that definition, I feel like Sean's deconstructed jazz <laughs> on the, the patties and, and the beans, if we can dial back the, the cream a little bit, like there are a few other things in the yeah, book that yeah. we didn't make that I'm like, I, I'm curious about these. Yeah. Ones. Well, I, I think the, the cream, the, the, the cream, the beans and the vegetable patties both seem tasty and like not labor intensive I'm, I'm enough that, tart that we could yeah. do it oh yeah and the, the tart for sure also um but like how often do you make a pear tart you know it's a sort of once right. a year Juliet's made project three this, <laughs> this year, well this it is it is like the week before christmas or something <laughs> yeah. so it is definitely uh make a tart time of year could you pass the pear tart please <laughs> um yeah okay that 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 seems like a, a good assessment to me. Um, Juliet, what about you? I mean, you didn't seem very happy with <laughs> a lot of what you made. And it seems like, you know, certainly because of your 
your um, ability to get some of these ingredients, it feels mm -hmm. like it would be pretty limited what you could make from this. So um, what's your assessment of this cookbook? I think it had a lot of really interesting soup and stew recipes. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to make a stew because we already had a couple of those um, on the docket. But I, th I think there's some great potential for stews there. I would definitely encourage mixing up recipes, changing things. Um, a lot of them didn't have very many spice. Like some of them had like these great spice blends and some of them are just like salt and pepper or like the pear tart just had clove. I would definitely add the spices you think you want to add. Uh, and play around with things but I would say in terms of cookbooks um, it is less accessible than some of the standard cookbooks that I have mm -hmm. but the weirdest fandom cookbook I have is the Hannibal book <laughs> um, which is almost I, I've never made a single thing from it because obviously it's not using people for meat as <laughs> Hannibal does mm -hmm. but some of the cuts of meat and the types of meat are so obscure and then of course he was making the most elaborate dishes possible because yeah. that's his thing so I I mean I could probably do it now, but when I first got the book, I didn't even have the cookware. One of them was like, cook a chicken in a clay pot, make a gelatin mold and suspend this stuff in it. And it was just like, I can't do any of this. Uh, sir, I live in an apartment. Right. Yeah. There were a couple in there, like, yeah. like you know, like there was like a, was it like a, a duck pate or something yeah. right. in here? And it's just like, yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to, I can't ask Christina to do that. Even yeah. though Christina is quite I mean, a, she does like duck. <laughs> well, I mean, pate is a different thing than I don't duck. remember if even that's but what it is. It was something, you know. Oh, is it a confit? Yeah. Okay. Confit, yeah. Yeah. confit is a very different confit. thing. That than is pate. very different. Yeah. <laughs> confit you know, yeah, is confit, good. Confit, yes, I would, I would, A, I would, it would be very tasty, but B, it would be like a 48 hour or possibly weeks long endeavor mm -hmm. to yeah. render and then submerge duck legs in their own fat. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Both of them are too fancy <laughs> for me. <laughs> and you know, when you think about some of the recipes in this book and the way they relate to the game, um, there is a turkey pasta that's in the book. I can't remember if I saw the crayfish boil in the book. And then of course there's the spiced honey cake. Mm-hmm which is what I made the last time I was on the podcast. And those are recipes you do find in the game. Geralt mm -hmm. goes on a side quest. Um, I can't remember the chef's name, but it's a play on Gordon Ramsay, and he's got to go yeah. find these three recipes. Isn't it just like Ramsay Gordon or something? Something like that. It's, yeah. it's like <laughs> Ramsay Gordon. Yeah. 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 And he's mentioned in the cookbook in the little narrative parts. Yeah, and mentioned. those are... Okay, Tim, you read the cookbook. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I contributed. I'm just saying. Those are jazz recipes. Because it's like, have a generous amount of... It's like two cups of this, but a generous amount of that, a little bit of this, put it in a hot place, then store it in a cold place. Use Zeracanian or whatever spices, and it's like, yeah. you don't know what those are. I noticed that their spice blend is very similar to the one that I decided was that spice blend, <laughs> um, except I think they use all spice instead of Chinese five spice, which is what I use, but like... I think maybe they heard the podcast. That sounds good. Let's just change this one thing. Yeah. But you know, I do think if you can find because because with that, I was like, okay, I'm gonna make a cake. This is how I make a cake, and then I'm gonna put in these random things that this recipe says, but also they're not real things, so I gotta make them up. Like, you know, that's essentially what they're doing here. And I think with any sort of fandom cooking, you can kind of also do that. Um we just had a Titus Andronicus party. Oh, I saw those pictures. Where that was awesome. We watched the movie and then of course we made the meat pies. Once again, not with people. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just basically was like, okay, I'm gonna make a short rib pie. 
And then my friend made a cherry pie and a blueberry rhubarb pie. And we shaped the crusts into faces. If you've read <laughs> Titus Andronicus, you know that this is the one Shakespeare play that contains a lot of cannibalism. Um, so, you know, we made the pie crust into faces and I shaped a couple ears out of dough. <laughs> it looks yeah. so cool. Yeah. So yeah. I really enjoyed no, it. it. You was, know, yeah. I love a themed meal. I love making up recipes that go with things. And I think in the spirit of this cookbook and in the spirit of doing that, you really have the opportunity to play around. And I, I that's the one thing I wish. I wish that I had played around more with these recipes because I also made a lentil soup this week using like a Williams Sonoma mm. book. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to do this thing instead. Like, I think that is my takeaway from this book. I will probably use it a lot. A lot of the stews look great, but I am going to make a lot of modifications. Yeah. And I think we've, we've ident identified a few things here that it's like, Oh, if I had done this, mm -hmm. this would probably be a little bit better. And here's Sean just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> out of like, just, you know, um, not deliberately, but making these changes. And mm -hmm. I think, like, I don't know. I mean, be interesting to try it as it is in the cookbook too, but this is really good. Yeah. So, you know. Um, I will say, if you're not a cook, it can be a little intimidating. Mm -hmm. And I, again, I want to be clear. I know how to cook, guys. <laughs> like, I can cook. It's just not something I enjoy doing. So I do have, like, a base level knowledge, not the same as Juliet and Christina. But I, I, I know enough to be like, is this going to be a problem if I do this instead of this? Probably not so much. If I fold the bacon over and chop it, it's really going to be the same. It's there were fine. No survivors. <laughs> there were no survivors. I did use my sparky burner on the oven, so I didn't burn down my apartment in the pursuit of making this stew. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I can see this being intimidating if you don't know how to cook or you're very new to cooking. Like, there's a lot going on in a lot of these recipes that can. Maybe yeah. for like first time cooks or new cooks can be a little intimidating. Yeah. yeah. Especially the ingredient, you know, if you can't find the ingredients. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely not like a white belt cookbook. Yeah. Uh, but it's also, I have non fandom cookbooks that are a lot more black belt. Yeah. And I've been, I, I've, I bought them and I re I've read them sort of as the aspirational bedtime story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, every single one of these recipes is either like three hours of work. It's from a restaurant and assumes that some, you know, sous chefs have, you know, have made homemade beef stock for you the day before, <laughs> right. you know, sort of those sorts of things. I don't I didn't find nearly that level of stuff in this book, but it's definitely um, I think um, my darling husband might have had trouble um, <laughs> cooking. I could have made a few of the things in there. <laughs> you you could have you could have made the beans. Uh, yeah. I think you could have made the ratatouille. But no, I, I couldn't have made the ratatouille. <laughs> but, uh, your hand off with the mandolin. Yeah. But you would have had to know where I kept my mandolin. Which there's no shame in. <laughs> huh. Oh. Um, yeah. No, I think that's that's kind of what I would take away. Like this is one that as a fan of Christina wasn't in my life, I still would get this because it's pretty cool. And like, you know, she was saying aspirational in some yeah. ways. And I do think there's a handful of recipes in there I could have made and certainly things I think I feel like I'd become, I'd be comfortable enough, confident enough in my abilities to try, but it's not a white belt cookbook. And it's, you know, largely most of the things in there I'd look at and be like, that'd be nice. And then yeah. just turn the they're, page. They're all also for the most part, very time consuming recipes, which they mm -hmm. talk about in the intro. Like this is yeah. specifically meant, there's no shortcuts. Like you are intended to take your time mm -hmm. with these recipes. Yeah. I will say the cookies were super fast. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I would modify them, but they were so fast. Yeah. The the most time consuming part was honestly it calls for flaxseed and you are supposed to soak them in water. I only had ground flaxseed. 
And I was like, that'll do. Um, <laughs> I think a few of us were like, that'll do. <laughs> yeah. we're doing, making I, decisions. And there's another cookie in there that's a gingerbread. And I'm not, I know some of the dough you have to chill, but honestly, like, I think some of these stews you can let simmer. Yeah. Some of the stuff you just have to chill for a bit. Um, I think there are definitely some real easy recipes. And I think even though I did not read the book like Tim, <laughs> I want to read the book. And I think if you're somebody who's like, you don't, you might not necessarily go to town and make all of these recipes, right. but there is content there. there so is. if you're someone like me who misses The Witcher when mm -hmm. it's not on and you've already played the game and you're like, oh, a comic book, I'm going to read a comic book. Like this is additional there, yeah. stuff. There is. And for, um, without spoiling anything, there are Easter eggs in it for mm -hmm. people who have played the game. Um, she, like I said at the beginning, she goes through all the the lands that you do in the game. Um, she intersects with some of the same people and goes to some of the same places. Some of the recipes are ones that are in mm -hmm. the game. And so there is some. Now, the 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 little journal that that shows up at the end that you get the Caremoran recipes from, those pages look different than the rest of the book. You have these notes, which are presumably written by Cohen on it. Mm -hmm. um, the recipes include modifications by this character who found the the journal. I am convinced, I don't know this, we will never know this, but I suspect that the way she gets that journal change from what they originally wanted to do versus what actually ends up happening. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but like the way, she, other than to say, I found the way she gets it to be a little, I guess anticlimactic is a hard word, but just a little not like, like mm. kind of passive. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, and yeah, you know, it, it sets it up like maybe she might run into certain characters who she, she, she doesn't. And I found that. But then you you have this journal where they're they're referred to. So my hunch is having worked on licensed products and and done this sort of work in the past is that that was what the the authors of the cookbook wanted to do. <laughs> and then they were told probably by CD Projekt Red that, yeah, no, we can't do that. <laughs> you gotta you gotta come up with something else for how she gets this this journal. And I, I suspect that might have happened. A lot of the times, like Valerie and I do this all the time yeah. on this podcast. But it's like we we have like it's my hunch. I think yeah. maybe this happened. We don't know it. We'll never know for yeah, sure. We'll never know. But, but I suspect, suspect yeah. I suspect and this is another one of those cases where I suspect that might have happened. And for those of you who do have the book and have read it, I suspect you might know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I suspect when Valerie and Juliet do yeah, get no a chance one on this table it, does now. <laughs> uh, Valerie and Juliet do get a chance uh, to read it. I'll get texts yeah. or calls from them and be like, oh, I think I see what you mean. You yeah. thought this. Yeah. Well, I will say it is a very beautifully designed book. Like mm -hmm. they did a great job with it. So we talked about they have the different sections for the different locations. And each page has this border around the page and the border changes from uh -huh. section to section. So yeah. you have a different design for yeah. each land, as it were. Yeah, the um, they have, yeah there there's phenomenal. beautiful photography. Like they do a great job of staging all of these images and having it look like it's in a tavern or outside in the forest. Mm -hmm. Or yeah, they just do a really, really nice job with the photography and the design. So mm -hmm. it's a very beautiful book. Yeah, yeah, I think the photography also helps a lot with um, the, the aspirational bedtime story yeah. of it. Yes. so that if you do and it then if you do decide that you want to make the leap from just like reading it for for aspirational purposes to actually wanting to cook something the photography also is is nicely representative of like do i is that does this look like something mm -hmm. i want to eat um rather I've, I've had exactly one um 
fandom cookbook before. I had this official Star Trek cookbook when I was like a teenager. And that one was fun because uh, it it bounced between being in universe and having recipes contributed by cast members. but it was not nearly as high budget as this. So I made almost nothing. I, I don't think I made anything from it because there were no pictures. And I some of them I couldn't even figure out what this uh, what this recipe was supposed to be. So, <laughs> so um, Valerie, though, one thing we didn't mm. ask you, I didn't ask you, Val. What do you yeah. think of this whiskey? I like this whiskey. Yeah. I'm always a Woodford Reserve fan. That's the so, thing. You've, yeah. you've been to the distillery, I right? have, like, long I have ago. Um, I would love In to Kentucky. go. Kentucky, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was a while ago, obviously, before it was we were a long. Doing I podcast. think I was, I want to say it was like 21, 22. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. Maybe 22. Yeah, okay. Um, I have not been 22 for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, this double oaked bourbon, which I had a bunch of notes for, but I'm not going to I'm not going to read them. Uh, (laughs) But this double oaked bourbon. (laughs) um, Unlike the book that he read all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I don't want to bore everyone. Um, You know, if if you guys want to anyone listen, listening wants to talk whiskey or ask questions about this whiskey, just hit me up on on Instagram or or Twitter. But um, the double oak bur- bourbon now is not their standard bourbon. Um, it is one that, as when we had Queen Denise on the podcast, she said it was her go-to um, bourbon. Now, this isn't the type she drinks. She doesn't drink the barrel select, but it's still the same bourbon. It's just from a specific barrel. So, um, so I, you know, I, I approve. I can see mm-hmm. why she likes this one. It's sweeter. You know, I think this is a pretty yeah. sweet. Sweet. I said I think it goes really well with the pear tart. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I, I did see one review that almost called it a, a dessert bourbon. Um, it's um, it's dark. That's one thing yeah. I noticed. This is one of the darker um, whiskeys we've had. It's a very amber sort of color, um, almost like almost almost chocolatey, not quite. Um, and um, and I think I think a really sort of sweet Bourbon. Do you want to know the the tasting notes, Valerie? Sure. Juliet, do you want to guess on tasting notes? This oh, is my I'm favorite not. game. Wait, Christina, I want, I want I'm to not guess on tasting notes. Oh, I'm not either. That's the before, fun. Before we do this, uh, I was just thinking, and tell me if this is complete sacrilege, because I'm not a, a bourbon or whiskey connoisseur. The pear tart, like I said, you, uh, you cook them in white wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just went to the store and got like the first bottle of white wine that had a cool label on it <laughs> that's usually I how i roll yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder if you could cook them in a bourbon or is that like don't do that to oh, bourbon no, I'm, you totally could <laughs> yeah could. yeah now, valerie would say don't do that to uh <laughs> to an expensive to a, one to a 70 dollar yeah. bourbon yeah. or an 80 dollar bourbon this is uh, denise cooks with this i mean yeah. not yeah. the barrel select maybe but right. she cooks with the uh the double oak that's right she did say mm-hmm. that yeah. yeah yeah she makes barbecue sauce well i'm definitely gonna guess vanilla yeah yeah vanilla i think there's some Spices in there. <laughs> I'm gonna keep drinking Tim's. Okay, vanilla is good. I'm really bad at this. I mean, the, you're in good company. Caramel flavor, maybe. Yeah. Um. You're gonna guess, Christine. <laughs> Christina is like, she's, she's, she's nosing it, it so hard. She's trying to find out. You know, my friend told me, and I'm not going to do it because I'm screwed up. My friend told me if you like do the cup over your hand like this, uh-huh. so you have like it splashed on your hand and you smell it on the skin that. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah. He went to like some distillery tour. Where they yeah, <laughs> I've seen do people it do it like almost it like it's, it's, it's aftershave or something. Like yes. they put it on there. Yeah. Like it's, 
I don't do that. Yeah, I'm not sure what the point of that is because that's not the experience of drinking it. And ultimately, you're supposed to drink it, right? Apparently, yeah. it, uh, <laughs> it, it makes the smells come out more. I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, I am bad at this. Okay, I'm going to go with some kind of like leather. That's Ooh. interesting. Yeah. There's some sort of fruit, well, but I can't. I don't feel like I can nail it down. Apricot. So, yeah, <laughs> I've just done enough of these that I'm like stone fruit, cherry. And yeah. Well, definitely, definitely. What's some bullshit Tim and Sean would say? <laughs> what was it? Dirty diapers was the one that we had. <laughs> definitely <laughs> cherry. I, you know, I like. I wonder if the leathery sort of that you're getting, like Valerie. It, maybe it's the oak because I definitely maybe. got the like. I'm, I've I've like, I was said gonna, many times I can't guess wood. I was going to be I definitely a, got a dick and this. guess oak because well, it's double oak. Yeah. But I no, the that oak was a little the, too obvious. I mean, pine. it's obvious. Oh, it's obvious, but it comes through. Yeah. I think you definitely can both get it on the nose and the. Yeah. The palette. Okay, I'll read to you what their notes are. And what I like about these ones is they're 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 refreshingly straightforward <laughs> for, for these. On the nose, it says rich notes of dark fruit, caramel, sharp honey, chocolate, marzipan, and toasted oak. Marzipan. Palette, mm. a full-bodied mix of vanilla, dark caramel, hazelnut, apple, fruit, and spices. You're just listing everything. And, just fruit. Um, yeah. We're all right. And, and spices. <laughs> long and creamy. It finishes long and creamy with lingering hints of honeyed apple. Hmm. So, yeah, it's a lot, but like there's no, you know. <laughs> I don't know if I even know what marzipan tastes like enough to be marzipan able to identify it. Like almond, almond and sugar. But, yeah, but, but it's like I don't have enough I, of it to be able to identify it. I always things. think of, I think uh, it's the episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer where <laughs> the Buffy bot is malfunctioning and she says like, That'll put marzipan in your pipe plate bingo or something like that. <laughs> That's, <right. laughs> That's what I always think of when I hear marzipan now. Oh. Yeah, they're trying to get her to do quippy quips. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, it's not as funny as Buffy, but like we – all three of us had some marzipan when we were. Um, yeah, I'm not a marzipan in, fan. In, uh, see, I do. I love it's it. good. Um, not a marzipan. <laughs> I, yeah, Hold I, on, Julia. I, I do love Bolt it. Star. Um, but we went to um, we went to a marzipan store when we were in Estonia. A yeah. whole store. A whole store. Dedicated. Multiple. They had multiple. Well, it was like a yeah. marzipan art. You know, like. They made it there. They sculpted it into little figurines. There was like a castle or something. There were different different flavors of it. Um, Uh, There were these two, there was this wonderful woman who um, spoke English well for, you know, someone who's in a non-native English country, but had a very thick accent. So we could only get maybe about half of what (laughs) she was saying. And, um, and she like, you know, like tried to uh, gave us a lot of samples and I'm assuming it was her daughter, but I don't know. It could have just been a, a younger woman who worked in the shop was in the corner making all the little animals. And it was just it was really adorable, but we weren't going to buy a bunch of marzipan that wouldn't survive the trip back. So I bought one bar, yeah. which I've I've been eating every now and then, um, like just little samples here and there. And I, I love marzipan. Yeah, I think it's cute what they can do with it. But, yeah, it's just not my jam. <laughs> I just love almonds. So, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. like my favorite. Yeah, I, I like it too because to me it's sweet without being overly mm. sweet as opposed to kind of like um, what you normally have in candy bars out here. Like caramel has just always been too sweet mm. for me. All this said, marzipan I think is the one note that I'm not picking up <laughs> on at all in this whiskey. Well, it's like now that I've been thinking about marzipan, now I'm like, like oh, it totally smells like marzipan. <laughs> like I'm getting more and more apple having, you know, yeah. heard the spoilers now that, <laughs> but I, I don't know. 
Maybe. <laughs> I, it was on the nose, right? I guess I can pretend like there's no <laughs> nose. Welcome to my world, Christina. <laughs> but, we all, but we all like this this bourbon, yeah. though. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think, I think. Um, I mean, I'm a big Woodford fan. Anyhow, it's kind of surprising it's taken this long for us to have a Woodford yeah. whiskey on the podcast. And um, and I never had the double oaked, yeah. um, which I find um, I find really sort of interesting. So yeah, I I, I think this one is is um, is really solid, a sweeter one. So if you like whiskeys that are you know your whiskey's a little bit um, less sweet, you might not this might not be the one for you. But um, you often get that with bourbons, anyhow. Yeah, as I've said on a previous episode, I think Woodford may have been my first ever whiskey. Mm. So. Pretty good yeah. one to start with. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, it was whatever they handed out on the tour, so I'm sure it wasn't like the high end. Yeah, yeah. yeah regular Woodford makes uh, I think a really good old fashioned. Yeah. And um, one of the reviews I read of of the Double Oaked says it's their favorite one to whiskey to make a Manhattan out of. I guess you know before we wrap up, I did want to use this opportunity though to talk a little bit of Witcher with Juliet because mm-hmm. we've not really talked to her about the most recent season. Um, and Surprise um, pop quiz. Yeah, well, I gave her a heads up that <laughs> we'd be asking. But, I'm, you know, I'm curious because um, last time, yeah, we last time you came on, it was before season three had debuted. We hadn't seen it. Um, I remember texting you a couple times um, not long after it dropped when you were in the process of watching it, but I honestly don't know what you thought of it. What'd you think of season three? I don't know. Hmm. It's so weird because I feel like I read all these comments saying it's the worst season that's ever happened and it's terrible. And, and I don't know that I had that experience when I was actually watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It's hard because you read all these things and it's like, wait, was it bad? Was I supposed to dislike it? Um, <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it's the most I mean, I can't remember if you said you'd read the novels or not, but I read is. up to where season because I wanted to sort of stay behind the show. Mm-hmm. OK, well, this is this one is the most book faithful mm-hmm. season that they've done by a mile. There was a lot of stuff I really liked. I like the relationship between Yennefer and Siri a lot. Mm-hmm. I um, I know it was controversial, but I liked all the stuff they did with the Askier. Yeah, um, that's not a, that's the one big change they made. <laughs> yeah. is that? Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I I would say overall I liked it. I definitely see where there are some weak points. It's been a while since I watched it, but I'm probably gonna watch it again as I do um, about this time every year. I usually <laughs> watch the most recent season, and <laughs> yeah, it it feels like we should be having something new witcher related now yeah, this time of year because yeah. it's always been christmas yeah <laughs> yeah um and we we, we got nothing this year mm-hmm. so maybe a rewatch is is an order um of hexer <laughs> no. every time i see someone that i've recently somebody else had posted on the internet about having just started watching hexer and i'm always like hello speaking of hexer here's a podcast where we talk about all 13 episodes you should check it out little I, girl i still think we are one of the only witcher podcasts that have gone there yeah. um, i'm just waiting for some like gamer bro to tell us we're not real fans so i can drop bitch i've seen all 13 episodes of hexer you want to come for me yeah <laughs> Hours and hours, hours to content. discussing it. Yeah. We can quote. We can quote the fan cast or the the fans fan laters, the translators by yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, yeah, no, I like. Obviously, there's been a lot of um, negativity. Valerie and I are 100 percent convinced it's all the the gamer bros butthurt about um, 
you know, Henry Cavill leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think there's fair criticism yeah. to be made. And I think when producer Sean had his um, his sort of binge episode where he sees it all, watches it all and then discusses it, I think he, you know, he made some fair criticisms, which, you know, I'm not going to re-litigate now because like we've, we've already had an episode about that. But like there are fair criticisms to me. I'm not saying, oh, you can't, you can't you know, it's perfect and nothing, can't say anything bad about it. But I do think that's what a lot of the negativity is, mm-hmm. is drawn from, um, combined with frankly, a good amount of like homophobia yeah. in um, right. certain corners because well, they decided to make Yaskier queer. And that is not in the books. So the answer know. to which is always, uh, Yaskier fucks. Yeah. I think too, a lot of it is contingent upon the fact that Twitter and other social platforms, if you're a squeaky wheel, you can get monetization off of that. So if you're online and you're like, it sucks, everything sucks, here's my hot YouTube think piece about why things suck, you're going to get views in a way you wouldn't if you were positive and it's financially beneficial for some of these people to have these opinions publicly, even though that might not actually be their opinion. Yeah, no, I I agree. Like, I mean, so much of what I get... Fed, uh, fed to me by the YouTube algorithm is, you know, why so and so completely sucks, or why they totally so and so destroys such yeah. and such. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's just so much of that out there. So I, you know, I, I mean, certainly Valerie and I did not have that reaction watching it. Like, oh my god, this is so bad. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, we did. We did. And we're we're both pretty big fans of this season. Then so. take me here. <laughs> Shut up. Um, I mean, I don't know if they gave you any new songs you could sing karaoke wise. Can you sing the the, the little sacrifice I did, song? I didn't like that song as much as oh. the previous song. See, I I I liked. Are you well? Are you are you talking about the Yaskir song? Or are you talking about the the one that Siri sings? Cause oh, because that was our favorite of the. I think the season. Was yeah, I the, did like the series song. The, yeah. the Yaskier one. I mean, I agree with yeah. you. Yeah. I love him. He can do no wrong, in my opinion. But I just didn't like it as much as I've liked some of the previous. I songs. mean, when it first came out, the pervy part of the fandom was like, "Rod, Witcher, Rod, eh? Yeah, <laughs> who's I, getting ridden?" Understandable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I thought that one was was good, but I certainly couldn't sing that karaoke. <laughs> no. no, especially with the chanting in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very dramatic. Uh, a little too dramatic. <laughs> Not that yes, I mean, he's always dramatic, but yeah, he's kind of drama <laughs> and, you know I, I liked um how they showed him kind of writing the song mm-hmm. um i'm i'm still upset about um god now i can't remember the place where they're at with all the people in the forest yeah okay i'm still mad about season one when it's like just make the fake mouse sack drink the water. Oh my God, you made everyone else do it and now you're not doing it. Yeah. I'm still mad about it. <laughs> I'm glad we went back there. Yes. Honestly, you're the first person I've heard mention that, so I'm glad you brought it up. It's like not something I've heard people discuss before. It yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's we've discussed how much yes. of this. That's yeah. never come up. See, there's it. always something new, guys. There's Everybody interprets media in different oh ways. Make him drink the dryads, the yeah. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah. No. So do you have a uh, care moron of the season, Juliet? 
I don't know. Siri's always doing some shit. <laughs> <laughs> Eating weird ass lizards. And, yeah. I know. Yeah, of course, like, keep a low profile. Okay, I'm going to do the exact opposite of that. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Here's this purple cloak. Yeah. Keep a low profile. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Well, just making acting like the biggest weirdo imaginable. Yeah. <laughs> some guy's like, nice night. She's like, you know, I forget what she says, but uh, it's the most awkward. She just like, I, stares I like at him. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But sometimes I'm like, Siri, chill out. <laughs> the entire. Everyone on the show, the entire cast here, their entire purpose is to help you do stuff and you just <laughs> you just keep screwing it up. The, just chill. The one I, I laughed about is like the first episode where it's like, oh, you can go, I'll wear a mask. She wears like the, the worst She's mask like holding possible. it. It's not holding even it a mask like, on your face. Holding She's it like, like, holding like it this up. far in front of her face and then goes and dances and doesn't even bring right. it. And I'm like, well, so much for your, your mask to hide your identity. Still. <laughs> See, it reminds me of uh, in, in like a cop show. The detective that's always running in without calling for backup. <laughs> oh, this guy that's been evading me for so long is like holed up in here. I'm going to go in there. I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm not going to call for backup. Do I yeah. have backup? Yeah. I could make one phone call and get an entire SWAT team in here. I'm not going to do it. And that to me is Siri. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll have to see how um, how that, what that causes, what sort of cr problems that causes for her next season mm -hmm. now that she's completely on her own and running with, you know, these, these rats. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, do you have anything else you want to ask Juliet about about the season? About life. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, not really. Um. Just in terms of the cookbook, does anybody have any final thoughts, cookbook wise? Do's, don'ts, preferences, things you liked, things you didn't. I mean, I um. Yeah, Tim, tell us about your experience. I was just gonna say, I cooking. liked I liked a lot of the stuff you guys made. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, like it's it it like it's like you said, it's not exactly the most easily accessible. I do think I could have made some stuff in it, but the thing is, it's like the reason Christina made the food for us is because I knew she could do it better. So, like, why why subject you to mediocre um, dishes when I could sub <laughs> I could have someone who knows what she's doing yeah. <laughs> help with them. I do think do you, that. it They helps. call that weaponized incompetence. <laughs> <laughs> I do. They do very much. He, he tricked me into feeding him this entire pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do think it is, like I said before, it helps to have at least a basic knowledge. Yeah. Like, I could see being very confused by some of the stuff. Like, wait, what am I supposed to do? How does like mm -hmm. a mandolin, for example? <laughs> yeah, th there was one other thing that Valerie and I uh, were talking talking about sort of over text today, mm -hmm. which was that the recipes themselves probably could have benefited from like a recipe copy editor, a la mm -hmm. the people on staff at the New York yeah. Times or Bon Appetit, because yeah, there think... were there were a couple of po points where like I couldn't, I knew there was cream in this recipe, but I had to sort of read the steps like three times to see the spot where you add it to the pot, just because the it, it was like, do something, do something and add the cream at, at, add the cream was the end of a sentence yeah. in the middle of a paragraph. And that's just the sort of thing that like, that's not quite the style I would go for. So if you, um, if you do want to make something from this book, I would definitely say like, you don't have to read the whole book the yeah. way Tim did, but definitely read your whole recipe start to finish like twice before I read marking. mine a few times yeah. and I still missed like where the spices that I didn't have were supposed to go in. I honestly thought they didn't include them. And then I was like, oh, I finally found it like the mm -hmm. third or fourth time I was going through it. Yeah, they, they basically they needed more paragraph breaks. Yeah. Um, just a very sort of straightforward 
critique of the editing <laughs> style. What I like about that is that it makes my stupidity sound less my fault. <laughs> well, <Yeah. laughs> yours, yours truly used to work at a place Christina may have just mentioned. And yeah, we had recipe editors and a test kitchen. And there's a lot of work that goes into stuff like this. I don't know, you know, what they had access to with this. I, you know, maybe they tested them all themselves a couple times or they had people testing them. But yeah, there's it's an intense process writing a recipe book. So kudos to everybody that worked on this. Yeah. Well, and I do think it's a nice looking book, if nothing else. Yeah. You can mm -hmm. you can say that it looks it looks beautiful. Um, and I think there's a lot to enjoy, even if you don't make any of the recipes in it. So um, certainly if you're a super Witcher fan and honestly, if you're listening to us, I mean, you're either a super fan of um, Witcher or you're a super fan of whiskey, in which case I apologize that we kind of, you know, <laughs> um, blew past a lot of the, the whiskey stuff we usually do in this episode. But um, but, you know, like it, it I think it's worth having if if that's you so um yeah you know and i think well not all of them were maybe winners tonight i mean i think each each party brought at least one thing that was really good at least one thing i will warn you though if you're an american you're going to be in the store with your phone going okay how many grams is there <laughs> like trying to convert things yeah yeah um but i think with that like i think we need to make a toast right. and um you know, if anyone has any any whiskey left, <laughs> not, yeah, I think I'm the only one who does. Sean's at least refilling, <laughs> but um, which is a shame because I'm gonna like make a, a toast to basically all of our listeners. Um, thank you for joining us this year, and thank you for um, all the support, all the messages you give us. Um, send us on Twitter, on Instagram, in our Discord. Please join our Discord if you have not already. Um, we have some fun conversations there and um, including about the cookbook. Mm -hmm. we, we've been talking about it even well before this episode. Some of our there. Discordians have also made some stuff. Yeah. The cookbook. Yeah. Yeah. And we've been having conversations there. So if you've tried it out and you have things to say, you mm -hmm. know, um, come join us and join the discussion over there. Um, but anyhow, for those of you who are there and those of you who just listened to us, um, thank you so much for um, the support and, you know, being so wonderful throughout 2023. We will absolutely be back next year. We're starting to plan out what we're going to do for our next season, considering we're not going to have New Witcher for a bit. Um, so we, we, we'll, we'll, we're figuring stuff out. We will be back, um, you know, so um, please um, join us when we do and talk to us in the interim. But cheers to cheers. all of you. Um, last <laughs> clink here. Cheers to our <laughs> guests, by the way. Thank yeah. you for joining us, ladies. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank you. Our guests are listeners, too, so I include them in, in that as well. Um, but, Valerie, it's, yeah. our, it's our last episode of the season. It's our last season. episode. Um, I mean, it's the end of the year. It's the holidays. We're about to go off and do family holiday about things. About to be reunited with my parents in that 40-plus-year-old bottle of secrets. <laughs> you think you're going to be opening that again? And the real hero of the <laughs> yeah, season. Know, right? <laughs> if you do, make sure you film it for for. We need for content. The There's yeah. no more wish for at least a year. <laughs> so, uh, but... Um, but yeah, we're about. But I mean, you know, I'm, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird not you know sitting across this table mm. from you and talking Witcher for a little while. So hopefully we'll we'll be back soon. Um, follow us and we'll let you know when that will be. Um, but yeah, Valerie, do me the biggest favor and see us off for the season. 
As Tim said, thank you so much, everybody. Happy holidays, and we will see you on the path. Cheers. Cheers. Whiskey with Witcher is a malcontent media production by Tim Beadle and Valerie Petrarca. Our producer is Sean Farina. For updates, picks, and behind-the-scenes shenanigans, follow us on Twitter at WhiskeyWitcher and on Instagram at WhiskeyWithWitcher. Want to ask us a question, share your Yenskier fanfic, or recommend a good whiskey? Email us at WhiskeyWithWitcher at Malcontent.media or join the Whiskey with Witcher Discord. You can find the link at the top of our Twitter and Instagram accounts. Who knows? We might even share your comments on the podcast. Finally, if you like what you've heard, please toss us a proverbial coin by rating and reviewing this show on Apple Podcasts and subscribing wherever podcasts are downloaded. Cheers! Am I still good with my my angle now that I'm not telling a hilarious story about my uncle and his <laughs> terrible gifts? Uh, you can put your head on his shoulder. Okay. It'll be cute. It'll there be we go. I'll, I'll bang up my Pretend like you're your drunk mom. <laughs> I hope my mom got... At least a third as drunk at our wedding as Valerie. <laughs> <laughs>